today. Today we're hanging out with Stand Up Man Partlow, and I'm talking about Top Cop, corporate side, and now your coach is your coach now. So if you're looking to get into the corporate world or, or you're trying to make a transition or you're just trying to figure out where you are in life, Stan Parlow is the man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, it is yours truly, the corporate security translator, the author of this little book right there. So you want to get into corporate security today. Today, we're hanging out with stand-up man Partlow, and I'm talking about Top Cobb, corporate side, and now your coach is your coach now. So if you're looking to get into the corporate world or, or you're trying to make a transition or you're just trying to figure out where you are in life, Stan Parlow is the man. Big time Stan, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Carlos. Thank you so much for allowing me to spend some time with you uh, and your listeners today. I'm absolutely uh, honored to to be part of the podcast today. And congratulations on the book and all that you're doing. I only wish that this book had been available 17, 18 years ago when I was thinking about making the transition from my law enforcement career to the private side, uh, because it's chock full of great information. And I'm not being paid or compensated to say any of that. I mean that from the heart, because when I read it, I was like, wow, I've shared so many of these same stories with friends of mine uh, who have who are on their journey to try to make that transition. And unfortunately, I learned a lot of them myself the hard way uh, through the bumps and bruises. So congratulations on on the book. And I know you're helping a lot of folks out there that we both care about. Um, I'm the middle of three generations of police officers. My father served for 25 years. I served for 25 years. My oldest daughter and her husband are both uh, current police officers now. So um, the thin blue line runs very strong and long in my family. And I have a lot of love for all the first responder community, military folks, uh, firefighters, communications technicians, police officers. And I want nothing more than to help them, you know, be their best selves and figure out how to move their lives forward in what I like to call LAPD. Uh, you know, LAPD is not the Los Angeles Police Department. It's life after police department. You know, what are you going to do in that next chapter of your life? And so uh, after I wrapped up my law enforcement career uh, as a commander with uh, Columbus PD, I also served as a special agent with the FBI for four years. Um, I transitioned to the private sector and worked for one of the largest utility companies in the country and retired as the VPN chief security officer after 15 years of service with them. And then I thought, I'm not done. I got some more gas in the tank. So I formed a little company called Relentless Effort LLC. And my why around my company is to try to help people live their best personal and professional lives. And the reason that I named it Relentless Effort is because it's my belief that true change, whether on the personal side or the corporate side, requires relentless effort. You got to get after it all day, every day. And you talk about a lot of that kind of mindset in the book. And and so, again, I'm so happy to be here with you today. Let me tell you something, man. I, you, that was an awesome intro. And I, uh, we're going to kick right into it because you and I do have a passion of helping people. And you're right. I wish I would have run that, done that book a long time ago. But you need a little experience 
stand. I was still gathering some of those experiences to put together. But uh, but I appreciate you and I appreciate all the folks that are, you know, that had the opportunity to read the book. And um, it's 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 been a it's been a trip, man. It's kind of funny when somebody goes, hey, are you are you the guy that wrote the book? And I'm like, I'm not used to that, man. You know, so it's been it's been a trip. But let's do what you do best, Stan, which is help everybody out. So let's start talking about this thing, man. You said 25 years in law enforcement in Columbus. That must have been an incredible path. And then kind of you slowly rotated into the corporate world, the VP and everything else. I'm sure there was a couple of things that you learned or a couple of things that you figured out, man, cops need to do, make some changes or cops need to focus on a couple of different things or cops, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. You learned a couple of things. How about we just start there? What were some of like the okay. things, the challenges, or whatever it was? Yeah, so thank you for that for that uh, softball. I'm gonna try to hit this one out of the park. Easy. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what I learned over my career was that you really have to work as hard planning your second career as you did planning the first one. And most cops and military folks and firefighters, first responder community are pretty good at that. You know, you you sort of figure out where you want to be in your career. I want to be an investigator. I want to go into a tactical job. I want to be a supervisor. And you kind of figure out what do I have to do to get there? You know, do I need some education? Do I need some training? Maybe it's just plain up experience. You need to just be, you know, do your best job for a long period of time. And then eventually you get tapped on the shoulder. And I think the one big challenge that a lot of us faced in in making that transition to corporate security is we think that because we did all this really cool stuff in our original job that the corporate world is going to go wow i want you but the problem with that is the corporate world doesn't know what you know they don't know what you do and they don't understand half of what you tell them because we like to talk in acronyms and jargon and we all know exactly what that means right we all have the look you know my wife used to tease me i could be in a room with a bunch of other cops and the look would happen and we were like you know telepathically communicating right, right. and everybody that wasn't a cop didn't get the didn't get it right but your corporate friends don't have that gift they don't they didn't grow up where you grew up they didn't do what you did they don't understand what you do so the one thing i would say right out of the gate is start planning really early. Think about your LAPD, you know, early in your career. Start thinking about, you know, hey, I'm probably got a shelf life of about 25, 30 years on this job. And 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 I also would say, and we all know, we've all been there and we've all seen it happen. You also have to plan for those events that you can't control, like getting hurt. Yeah. You know, you come in and you're fired up and you're ready to rock and roll and you want nothing more than to fight crime and suppress evil. And then something bad happens. Right. And all of a sudden, you're not physically capable of doing the job that you love anymore. What are you going to do now? And guess what? There's not like a big there's no um, job posting for hurt, retired police officers on duty. Yeah. You know, that doesn't exist in the world. So if you think, well, hey, I got to go pick up, the, you know, I got to take care of my family. I got to feed my kids. I got to pay my house payment. And yeah, I'm 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 maybe disabled, but can you really survive on a disability pension? Ah. Most especially young guys, you can't do that. No. So you got to be thinking all along from day one, what's my plan if I get hurt? And what's my plan when I decide it's time for me to punch out and go on to the next career? So the one thing I always told the recruits I had, I was so blessed. I got to teach at our police academy for about 15 years. And one thing I always told the recruits, if you have started a college degree, finish it. Because you'd be surprised, and you talk about it in the book, 
how many of those job postings either have as a, as a basic requirement or a nice to have, you need that bachelor's degree. And you know what? They don't care what it's in. Man, it's I got something you like. I you know, maybe it's business, maybe it's criminal justice, maybe it's education. Who cares? Get that piece of paper because guess what? Once you own it, you own it for life. No one can ever take it away from you. And you'd be surprised how that will help you in your transition. So that's one thing I talk about all the time with folks is start planning this event early. Now, that sounds really counterintuitive, right? Because when you're a brand new cop, you're out there spitting fire and having fun every day. And you're not thinking about the future. But the reality is eventually you're going to be my age. Yep. Eventually you're going to be maybe physically unable to do the job. And you've got to think, all right, what am I going to do with myself to make myself still feel good about being me? And then if I get hurt early in my career, what am I going to do to prepare? So the other thing I saw, which always broke my heart, was, you know, I would have police officers, deputy sheriffs that would put in for management jobs and they've never supervised anybody. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to hire you. Yep. I'm not going to try to teach you how to be a manager at 50 years old. Hey, I don't have the time to do that. I don't have the energy to do that as a leader of a corporate security department. And you know this better than anybody. You know, it's funny when you're in the law enforcement community, you have access to all of these resources. You go to a big corporate security company. Sometimes it's literally a handful of people a small handful of people. And I've seen big companies that literally had two or three people on their security staff. Yep. So you're trying to manage all this stuff. You don't have the energy to try to say, hey, come on with me. I'll teach you how to manage people. So when those resumes came to me, I was like, you're done. You're done. Wow. You're done. And I always hated that. So if, if it's in your heart that you want to be a leader and you want to lead in your next career, you better start leading in the first one. Man. Get that, take that promotional exam, go get that sergeant strike. Um, you know, go try to move yourself through your career. Um, because there are skills that you learn in that event that will help you for the rest of your life, but they're very difficult to learn at the end of your career or the beginning of your next career. And quite frankly, guys like me, security directors, CSOs, I don't have time for that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not trying to be nasty about it. I just don't. And guess what? There's people in that resume stack that already punched that button. Man. And so I'm going to pull them out and put them to the top of the list. And yours is going in the round can. So if that's what your dream is, start thinking about how you get there. Education, I think, is huge. Get it. Sew it up. You own it. If you want to be a leader, then be a leader. If that's something that doesn't interest you, great, don't do it. But if it's something you're thinking, hey, I want to be a security director for a big company, you better learn how to be a leader in your first job. Mm. The other thing that I saw a lot is that people had a real difficult time transitioning from, you know, from the, um, the command and control you know, hierarchy that they're used to in the military or police work into this corporate world that's very flat, very matrixed. And I loved your conversation in the book about you worked at the happiest place on earth. So, you know, we all work for people in our law enforcement or military careers that their solution to everything was to call you in the office and rip your butt. Yep. Well, guess what? You do that in the corporate world, you might get away with it once, you won't get away with it twice. Right. You'll be looking for another job. So you got to retool your leadership thinking. And what I suggest to people is recognize that leadership is about relationships and it's about connections and it's about, you know, getting to know your people. And that's kind of hard for some people in the first responder military community because they're taught, 
you know, you keep your people at arm's length, you know, you have this, this command and control protocol, all that stuff, which again, I'm not knocking it. I lived it for most of my life, but it doesn't work in the other world. It just doesn't work. So you got to figure out a different way. And I will tell you, it's amazing. As I thought about that, as I was advancing in my law enforcement career, and I got three promotions in that adventure. Um, when I started realizing that I could lead differently and I didn't have to use a command and control, I was much more successful. My people and I got along better. They implemented my the things that I wanted to do better. And so when I transitioned to, to uh, my corporate job, it wasn't a huge learning curve for me because I'm like, I've already done this. I know how to do this. I know how to treat people right. I know how to create relationships out there. So that's another thing I think a lot about that people miss. And, and I know you talk about that in the book. Well, let's we're going to bring it back. Hold on. First of all, I got to clap it up, man. I got to clap it up. That stuff was all money, 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 my friends. So this is what we're going to do. Let's go back a little bit because people have asked me college degree, college degree. Is it important? Is it important? Is it important? Well, I feel that it's extremely important because when I'm competing today, especially in the tech industry, everybody are PhDs, especially the engineers, not us in particular in the criminal justice side of I call it criminal justice field, but. But everybody, they're all doctors, though we all call each other by for our first names because it'd be really, trust me, you walk around a tech company and everybody are PhDs. You know, it's like doc, doc, doctor, doctor, doc. As a matter of fact, we joke with each other that we just call each other doctors because it's, it's quite funny. But here we go. So can you make it without a college degree? I know people to have. But it is so slim, the chances. You have to have so much more on the back end in order to make it happen than if you just came in with a bachelor's, right? And then people are fighting these days. And a lot of people got, got the master's. And they're coming in with the master's. And they're like, you know, that's not enough in the security world. I'm seeing that you were talking about the nice-to-haves, right? Not the minimum requirement for the job, but the nice-to-haves, that second part in the bottom. And if you look at the job descriptions today, there's a lot of PSP, CPP, CPE. Like it depends where you're headed in your, but that's what's showing. So not only now do you have to get a, a bachelor's, uh, possibly a master's, but now you got to think about a certification to certify that you are a professional in that field. And those are all the things that are going on. And I, you know, sadly, I just spoke to a police officer not long ago and he just, he didn't have it. And I literally told him, I said, just start. How about this? You got three years left. Just start. I want you to put a college name in your resume. I don't care if you take one class. One class at a start there. Take one class, see how it goes. Next semester, take two classes. See how it goes. If it's still light for you, take three classes. See how it goes on the next semester. That's how I started, Stan. That's how I started because I just didn't didn't know. When when I a lot of people know this, but I, I went to college on a football scholarship, North Carolina. I was I left at 1.36 GPA my freshman year because all I cared about was partying and playing football. I forgot that I was there for an education, right? And it took me a while to get back home and be able to get that degree, and I'm glad I did. But just start there. Start with one class because the system, the analytical system within the resume, they're looking for a, the word college or university. And if you at least yep. have that with an anticipated date of graduation, that's going to help you a little bit. But you have to start. It is key. You know, you got to get that paper, man. And it's a pain in the butt, right? I mean, it's a pain in the butt, but you got to get that paper. So that's Yeah, key. so I, I, I echo, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I live the dream. So when I say this, 
I say it from the heart. So I was lucky that I got my bachelor's degree the old fashioned way right out of high school, four years, boom, graduated in June in the police academy in July. Beautiful. But after that, I spent two years getting a master's degree and four years going to law school. So in my mind, I was sitting there as I was planning this journey, saying to myself, you know, Stan, some way you've got to make yourself stand out. Yes. Because there's a stack of resumes that are this thick. And so to your point, maybe the bachelor's degree is not good enough even to get to that bar. So when I'm looking through the resumes, I'm like, well, who had enough enough intestinal fortitude to go to the next level and take it? And as a guy who did that, and of course, I did it in the old days when there was no online programs. It was all butts and chairs. I literally for six years straight got between I went Friday and Saturday night for two years to get my master's degree. And then I went Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. for four years to get my law degree. At the end of the day, I know what it takes to get there. So when I see somebody come through, when I'm looking at those resumes and I go, wow, this person worked, they had a family, and they went to school and they got it done, they go way up on the top of my list because I know now that they can do anything I can throw at them. The other thing that I think we miss when we talk about education, and of course, I started in law enforcement in 1980, so probably before a lot of your listeners were born. But at the end of the day, what I saw was there was this huge debate. Well, you don't need a college degree to be a cop. You know, a cop is a cop. Blah, blah. I don't disagree with that. But I'll tell you what, here's where it helped me. Number one, it makes you a better communicator. Yes. You have in any college program that you pick, I don't care what discipline it is, you've got to make presentations. You've got to write papers. Remember the old speech? You got to do the speech class. Absolutely. So it makes you a better communicator. Number two, it makes you a better collaborator because all the college programs that are out there, again, you pick the discipline. I don't care what it is, accounting, education, you're going to have to do group projects. So what do you got to do? You got to form relationships with the people on your team and figure out a way to get from point A to point B. And third, the, the one other thing that we oftentimes don't really take account for is it makes you a critical thinker. Because you're now outside of your world, you're outside of your comfort zone, and you're thinking about topics and concepts that don't come up in your daily life. So when you get done with all that and you move to your next life, you've already you've already accomplished, you know, at least half of the challenges you beat down because you're like, okay, I can think like this. I never practiced law, but one of the things that my legal training did for me was it allowed me to think like a lawyer. So when I went to my new company, The first, and a lot of security people are floored when I tell them this, the first people, the first two people that I made friends with was my VP of HR and my general counsel. And they go, you're a security guy and you talk to them? I said, oh, not only talk to them, I live with them. Because at the end of the day, Carlos, everything I did as a security guy either had HR issues attached to it. Or it had legal issues attached to it. And most of the time it had both. Stan, so I want these people to be my best friends. So when I get ready to oh. put a new program together, I'm calling up my VP friends and my, my SVP who's a general counsel going, hey, let's go to lunch. I want to share something with you that my team's getting ready to do. Before I do it, I want to get your blessing. Man. And I always did that homework ahead of time. So then when I went and made the presentation to the big guys, they go, did you talk to HR? 
Oh, absolutely. HRVP wrote me a little letter, little email saying it totally endorses. Hey, did you talk to the general counsel? Well, after about three or four years of that, they quit asking because they knew that was my MO and they knew what I already covered those bases. That's it. But it made me recognize that, you know, that cops and robbers mentality that I had, which is beautiful and I love it and it's exciting, but I got to be thinking about other stuff. Yeah. I got to be able to solve different kinds of problems. And my education helped me get there. So my master's degree is actually in administration, not in criminal justice. It's, it's, a, it's a hybrid degree between an MBA and an MPA. So master's of public administration and master's of business administration. It's called a master's of science and administration. And it was basically a straight up leadership degree. Right. They didn't really have leadership degrees back then, but it was as close as I could find. So I got away from the criminal justice thought process. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I wanted to get out there and see what the rest of the world did. So I had to learn business cases and how to do accounting stuff and finance stuff. And I was like, okay, so when I go higher in my police career and I'm sitting in meetings with all these city muckety mucks, I'm like, I understand everything <laughs> you're saying. I got so, this. So wait. And I look around and some of my colleagues would be like, yeah, I have no idea what that guy just said. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll be the translator. I'll be Carlos. I'll explain it to you over a beer and tell you what, what this is all about. Well, and I don't mean that to brag. It just no. those experiences were were what allowed me to do what I did with my 40 year work career. Without that education, there's no way I would have ever been able to do what I did. In my uh, man, we, we're going to talk a little bit about what, you know, the difference between being a cop and a. So that's one of them. Whenever I, I interview something and they're like, well, what's your job? And I said, well, to, to, to liability. And people are like. What? I want to keep our butts out of the lawyer's office. That is my job. So when you said my best buds are HR and the lawyers, that's exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about corporate liability. Because everything that I do is to keep my company out of the lawyer's office. That is the key in the corporate side. Where in the law enforcement side, well, first of all, I mean, we, we don't like lawyers too much. Um, that's just how it is. That's how it goes. But in the corporate side, they're, that's your, that's your, they're your best buds. And that's how that works. So, Stan, key on that. I agree with you on the college degree thing. Most importantly, uh, you know, Seminole County Sheriff's Office, where I work, they paid for it. So there's a lot of PDs. There's a lot of PDs out there that will pay for it. There's a lot of companies out there that will pay for it. Take advantage of that and prepare for LAPD, which, man, I'm going to use that. Everybody, it does come from Stan. But whenever I say it, it comes from, from, from Coach uh, Stan Parlow there. But, um, so, but that's it. But leadership. I want to talk about leadership because you cover leadership too. And I think it is key. It is key for you to come to a corporate side of the, of the world with some great leadership skills. And how you attain them, um, I don't really care. But you have to be able to express that in, not only within your resume because the first thing I'm going to see, but when I interview you. When I interview, I want great leadership qualities, and you have to be able to explain those things. I think you were key with the leadership stuff as a second piece as well. Absolutely. And, and the leadership piece is something that we tend to overlook, but it's something that is very difficult to learn late in your career, number one. And number two, your, your group cannot survive and thrive unless you understand those leadership principles. And it's funny because you really have to think about leadership um, on three dimensions. It's like I'm dating myself, but back in the old Star Trek days, Mr. Spock used to play three-dimensional chess, right? Yes. So when I thought about leadership, I thought about it in three ways. One, I've got to have a relationship with my boss. 
Now, most people figure that one out pretty easy because, hey, I know what my boss wants. I give him or her what they want and I'm good. I have to have a relationship with my subordinates, the people that report to me. Some people are better at that than others. The one that trips people up more often than not is the peers. Yes. But when you're in the corporate world, you have to rely on your peers to get stuff done. Because as you pointed out in the book, the security organization is one of those have to haves, but nobody really wants. <laughs> and so, you know, you got to have it, right? Because we're about managing risk. To your point, that's our job. We're not in the security business anymore. I'm not even sure we could really secure things back in the day, but I, I created or helped create and led a converged organization that had cyber and physical together yeah. and for a huge utility company. So, you know, the fact of the, the conversation about can we secure everything we have? No, I'd be lying to you if I said that. What I can do is make sure that I'm doing the best job I can to identify the risk and then do what I can to mitigate that risk to the point where the board and the senior executive team is happy with that process. And I was really blessed back at GSX in Orlando uh, this past year. I, I was able to make a presentation called How to Make and, and I wanted to highlight some new systems we had. I would turn that presentation around and say, one of our big risks is workplace violence. We don't want employee keeps the bad and think about it in terms of risk. Then that becomes your, your leadership angle to your, to your bosses up there. But it also becomes the way you communicate to your peers. Because guess what? You can't do all that on your own. You need a bunch of other people in your company to, to link arms with you and say, yeah, we're willing to we're willing to implement this policy for you, Stan. We're willing to help you maybe do the IT part of this program to make it actually work. And so if you haven't figured out a way to influence those peers, you're going to fall flat on your face. And I think in law enforcement, I don't think we thought about it as much because as a commander, I had my bureau and we were pretty siloed. And I had my people, my lieutenants reported to me, sergeants reported to them, detectives reported to them. And, you know, we were in our side. We didn't really have to do a whole lot with the folks out to the side. In the corporate world, as you know, organizations are very flat and you don't have all those layers of management. So you better be able to connect up with your peer set and you better be able to have a relationship that when you call, they're going to come to your aid and help you out or you're not going to get anything done. My God. I'm clapping again, man, and uh, big money, big money once again. So here's a couple of things because, I mean, this goes by pretty quick. We're about at 26 minutes now, so we got about four minutes left. So here's, here's what I loved what you said because that relationship leadership with you and your boss, right, going up, I'm going to go up. Sometimes you have to manage that yourself from the bottom, right? Yes. So extremely yeah. important. Sideways with your peers. The important thing is that in the corporate world, you're probably going to be sitting at a table with peers that are much, much younger than you, that probably have more experience in the corporate world than you do. So you have to come in really open-minded and ready to learn and ready to partner, like true, true way partner. It's almost like wife and husband. It's that difficult relationship sometimes. But you got to come ready for that. And the folks that are below you, you have to give them all the love and respect and everything else. One of the things that I do, Stan, I treat them exactly like me. They are my level. They are my peers. As a matter of fact, everybody knows, because I've said this a hundred times on my team, y'all have more experience than I do. You've been there. I've just got lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. I love y'all. And uh, that's why I'm going to treat you with that kind of respect, because that's that's what it is. I mean, I have some superstars on my team, Stan. It's incredible. But... um. So great stuff there. I really, man, you're, you're killing this thing. I have a feeling that we could go on for like an hour, two hours, three hours on a lot of these concepts, man. And we're probably going to have to come back 
and and I don't do many seconds. I've only done seconds with two people. So I, you you might you might be coming back, Stan. I think we got to do this. But listen, I just want to then talk about a couple of things because we got a couple of minutes here for some last thoughts, some last ideas, some some two cents uh, of your own. And um, so how about we get to some of that real quick and then we'll close it out. How's that? Sounds good. All right. So I, I think one of the things that we have to do, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. And if you haven't read Simon Sinek, you've got to read him. He's awesome. Guy's brilliant. One of the things he talks about is defining your why. Yes. So as you're in your current career, you need to define your why. why. Why am I doing this? And those of you that are in law enforcement, you ain't doing it for the money. Because Carlos and I can both testify that the, the transition to the private sector is much more lucrative yes. um, than what you're making now. So let's let's get that off the table. You're not doing this for the money. You're doing it because you have a servant heart. You're doing it because you truly want to help people. The good news is if you make that transition to corporate security, you can still do that. Yeah. The other thing you got to think about is, is that really what you want to do? Maybe you want to do something totally different. The cool thing about, you know, doing your first career and retiring is, especially at the ages people are retiring now, you can totally reinvent yourself. So figure out what your why is. And honestly, take a, a few minutes and read a little Simon Sinek. He's got multiple books out there, and I would recommend every one of them. They're awesome. But think about why you exist and why you want to exist in the future. The second thing you got to do is plan. Whatever you come up with in your why, you got to start thinking about how to do that. And Carlos does a great job in the book talking about that. And he also talked about it. I caught one of his uh, uh, LinkedIn posts yesterday uh, where he talked about the degree versus the certification and all that stuff. You got to start thinking about this early. You got to get this stuff, this plan underway because waiting until the day you retire to figure out what you're going to do is going to, it's going to cripple you. You're not going to be successful. So you definitely got to think about that. You got to be a lifelong learner. You got to figure that out. And whether it's professional education, like Carlos talked about, the CPP, PSP, PCI, uh, if you're on the cyber side, CSSP, all of those things, you got to think about how you're going to create your game. People really were, my peer set that were former cops when I got my CPP were really kind of in my shorts a little bit. Like, why did you do that? Because I'm telling you, it was a lot of work. And Carlos can testify. I have taken a lot of tests in my life, including law school exams. I will never take the CPP exam again. <laughs> Not trying to scare anybody, but just saying, you better be ready when you go in there. It's a lot of work, a lot of reading, but well worth it. And honestly, here's why I did it. Did I really need it? I had already gotten the job. So no, I didn't need it. But I wanted to honor the profession because I knew that there were people in the security world that grew up in the security world now more so than ever. And here I was kind of a carpetbagger. I'm a guy that comes out of law enforcement, 25 years. I'm a commander, big city police department. I got a law degree. So I come in, swoop in, and I take this plum job, security director, big company. And I got all these guys looking at me. And I said, you know what? I want to be one of you. I want to learn security because the, the bold truth of it is this, folks, if you haven't figured this out, and Carlos will tell you this, and he talks about it in the book, you may be a great cop, you may be a great soldier or Marine, but you don't know anything about security. It's a different animal. There are similarities, there are concepts, but you got to learn the business. So one of those certifications is a great way to jumpstart your ability to learn the business. Do what Stephen Covey said, be a lifelong learner, continue to sharpen your saw. The one thing Carlos just said that was huge, Albert Einstein said this, my favorite quote of all quotes, 
the true measure of a man is his ability to subjugate his own ego. And you heard him say that he walks into that meeting and recognizes I'm not the smartest guy in the room. And guess what? You don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. You sit back, you put your ego in your back pocket and you listen and you learn and you influence and you create the relationships and you'll be fine. If you walk in and say, well, you know, I was on the SWAT team. I was a hostage to go to. I did. They're going to go, Okay, well, how does that apply here? It doesn't. So get out of your own way. When you think about your resume, Carlos spends a lot of time in this book. So buy this book. And I'm being that seriously. He talks about the resume. It's huge. But you got to remember, you've got to focus on things that the corporate world is looking for. All that jargon. I was a BAC operator. I was this. They don't have any idea what any of that means. And they don't care. What you did in your career was you were a crisis manager. And guess what? That's what sets you above. You are cool, calm, and collected under fire. You can fix stuff. You can analyze stuff. And you can move the ship forward. That's what they want to hear. So think about how you would write that resume to highlight that and use those experiences. There's nothing wrong with those experiences, but don't just, you know, Carlos and I could put resumes together and share them and go, oh, wow, you had a cool career. You did. I know exactly what that all that means. But guess what? That HR person doesn't know any of that. Yep. So you got to recognize you're not in your element. you got to adapt. you got to be a chameleon. you got to change the way that that you think. Don't underestimate the impact of culture in your organization. You're coming from a culture that has a lot of storytelling, a lot of honor, um, a lot of hierarchy, uh, the uniforms, all of the things, that, the trappings that go with that. You're going into a culture where people are wearing blue jeans and T-shirts and you call the CEO by his or her first name. That's a real shock for a lot of people coming out of our world. So don't underestimate that. So you've got to, again, you've got to be a chameleon. You got to learn how to fit into that culture and recognize that you're not going to bring your old culture and change them. If you're going to be successful, you need to learn to change. Now, that doesn't mean you give up who you are. It doesn't mean you give up your identity. It doesn't mean you give up your core values, but you've got to think about what's going to work and what's not going to work. Be willing to learn the business. That's the last thing I'm going to leave with you. Carlos said that, and I believe it in my heart. you got to become a student of the business. In my company, we called it business acumen. I had to learn the electric utility business. What the heck did I know about generating electrons and transmitting electrons across the lines and putting them in your house? I knew nothing about that, except when my electricity didn't work, and I knew I was pissed. I had to learn how that business works. And, And I took that very seriously. And I went to my boss and said, Hey, I understand this crisis management stuff. I think I can do a pretty good job for you, but I need you to help me find ways to learn the business. And you know what? That bought me so much credibility because I would show up places and shadow people and sit in on meetings that had nothing to do with security or me just to hear the conversations, to understand the language, to get to know what the business is all about. You know, Carlos talks about in the book, you know, you work at the happiest place on earth. You better learn what drives that company. If you can't figure that out, you're not going to be successful. You'll be another one of those guys and gals where you look on their LinkedIn, their LinkedIn thing, and you see in 10 years, five jobs. Yep. Because they had a honeymoon and then they were out there welcome and then they're out the door looking for the next opportunity. So don't do that. And, you know, with love in my heart, the last thing I will say is take care of yourselves. Yes. I, 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 I am troubled by the fact that in our first responder community, there are more people dying by their own hands that are dying in the line of duty. 
please, please, please take care of yourself. There's lots of programs out there. Don't suffer in silence. I know that a lot of you grew up like I did, where we couldn't admit that we were having a problem. We couldn't seek help because it was not the macho thing to do. Those days are over. When you see the fact that we that we have police officers literally killing themselves at triple the rate of line of duty deaths, we know we have a problem in this country. I love all of you guys, and I want you to take care of yourself. Man, this is awesome, everybody. Stan Partlow. Well, listen, we're going to probably have to do another one. Because we probably could, you know, we could have kept on going. And I'm gonna tell you, if you're gonna go like Department of Energy, you better learn some Nerd Sip or something like that as well. That's right. Uh, we, we, which cops That's don't right. know, right? Yeah. That's so, right. so you got to think about those things, man. But always uh, have a, a great understanding and and listening ears as a learner, you know, a good learner. So, look, we're gonna leave it here, Stan. Thank you very much. This has been awesome. We we covered. Look, we covered so many things. That is just incredible. The differences between security and corporate. We covered what, what degrees and college degrees should be like and why they're important or not important, whatever the case may be. We covered everything from life and relationships. And even at the end, you, law enforcement officer, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. There's a lot of different groups out there that are here to help. Stan is here to help. Give him a call. He'll help you through some of this stuff as well. And uh, I'm here. I'm here as well. So, Let's do that. Big Stan, thank you very much once again. Um, here, the corporate security translator, the author of that little book. So you want to get into corporate security. We're going to close it out. Have an awesome day. Enjoy yourselves. And it is Friday for us, Stan. So so have a great weekend, everybody. Spend time with your family. And uh, in the meantime, if you're like me, throw in a bourbon or two just, uh, just to make everything nice and light. So take care, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>